You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Arn Aspen, the, the head of strategy and business development at Once. Um, they are the first provider of connectivity and software for IoT at a global flat rate. They're very much focused, so focusing their offerings on providing customers with the tools to efficiently scale. Um, and manage their IoT deployments while providing a very transparent cost structure. Um, so we talk a lot about kind of just the general um, state when it comes to connectivity, pricing, challenges with low bandwidth IoT. We focus on low bandwidth IoT a good bit here, on um, different use cases around low bandwidth IoT, um, and then other types of challenges that, that customers who um, are trying to build and scale solutions may not be thinking about and kind of advice and ways to overcome them. So all in all, great conversation. I really think we get a lot of value out of this. But before we get into this episode, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast growing and profitable IoT market, but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Arnie, to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Yeah, pleasure is all mine. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you. Um, so let's kick this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself to our audience, background, any information you think is relevant to get a better sense of who we're listening to. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, so my name is Arna. I'm heading the, the, the department strategy and business development here at ONCE uh, also uh, since the beginning of ONCE. And uh, before I joined ONCE uh, leading the strategy, I was an analyst, really looking at all the applications, everything that is uh, going on in IoT and times markets. This was mm-hmm. my area of expertise. So it was just a coincidence that I met Alex, our CEO uh, <laughs> and founder, uh, and I was writing the business case uh, for, for once as an analyst. Okay. And I was so thrilled by the idea and uh, I was going to ask Alex, hey, what about uh, working for you? And he said, sure. And, and there was just the story that I was then uh, one of the first employees here at once starting the journey to really disrupt the IoT. That's fantastic. It's such a cool kind of way to come yeah. about, uh, you know, from your early work into into a company and now actually able to kind of implement, the, you know, the, the ideas and the, and the work you were yeah. doing ahead of time. Um, so talk to us a little bit about once. So what's the role you all play in the space overview of kind of what you offer to the industry? Uh, anything kind of along those lines? Yeah, I, I, you know, where to start, I would like to put it in a simple phrase. So what once is doing is we want to make uh, the provision of IoT within the whole IoT supply chain way more easy. Hmm. And it starts with that we have created in the first place uh, a very compelling IoT connectivity offering. But also since we have done this from scratch based on software technology, not on network technology, uh, and we can uh, go on that a little bit deeper maybe later, but simple story, it is based on software and hence uh, we are one of the first companies uh, providing connectivity as it would be a software. Uh, So we're developing new features in combination with connectivity on a very unique way. So you could say we are the first provider of software and connectivity services for IoT uh, and this at a very unique model. We call it flat rate. So tell me about how that works then, because I've had many guests who come on and we talk about the connectivity side, we talk about Mm -hmm. the software side, how connectivity and the software pieces play together, how you can implement their connectivity, which is tied in with with software. So talk if 
I, I'm curious to hear kind of the unique approach that you all are taking, kind of how it differentiates between what's in the market. Yeah. And again, here the uh, kind of user story is very simple or the user experience. So once provides a web shop, uh, which is a very easy start for everyone, maybe an SMB, maybe a developer, even an enterprise employee is able to, to uh, go to our web shop and order his first test SIM cards. Okay. And the way we do it is really, if you go to Amazon, it's just the same experience to click uh, and already the next day you can have it on your desk and start connecting your device with our service. And that is the, the simple story. There is another part of that, which is also why this is so easy is we are offering uh, IoT connectivity as at a prepaid service. So everything that customers want to do with us is already paid up front. Mm. This at a very compelling price of $10 for 10 years. Wow. So people are asking us in this very moment where we tell the, uh, the price, hey, is this enough? And is it $10 for one year? No, it's $10 for 10 years, so $1 per year if you would uh, divide it by 10. And the, the yeah. reason for that is very simple. We want to target not the whole kind of IoT applications. We want to really target the long tail of IoT, so the low data use cases, where it's really about longevity yeah. and low data. So it's, when you're talking about $10 or 10 years, so dollar a year, is that per device? Yes, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Our, in our universe, it's a per connection, but it's it should Make, be yeah. the same. Makes sense. Okay, perfect. Um, and and do you all focus on any? I mean, we talked. You mentioned here kind of the the low bandwidth side of things. Are, were there any particular use cases or applications that your technology is more aimed towards? Yes. Um, if you think of the ten years, you will might get a very first glimpse of what typical use case this aims for. Okay. Think of smart metering. Uh, sure. Think of your heat allocator here in, in, in Europe, in Germany, where we do live, uh, there is uh, almost in every flat, there is a heat allocator okay. uh, on every uh, heater. And right. these allocators, uh, they're spotted there uh, or they're mounted on that and uh, supposed to be there for seven or even up to 15 years. Right. It's, same goes for smart meters. So they're supposed to be... Uh, in the kind of basements or whatever they are to, to last there for, for 10 years and longer. So what we'd wanted to try with the prepaid offering that we were designing for 10 years is to really have a all singing, all dancing, one tariff that covers it all. And so uh, we, we can cover the time by that. And the second part, the second ingredient is of course the data and all the other features that you need to connect your device for up to 10 years. Believe it or not, it's all included also within the $10. There is no upsell wow. from our end. We want to have it all covered because guess what? The requirements for that is really, it's not about data anymore. But mm -hmm. a lot of customers in these use cases that we address uh, aim for is to consume as less data because data means energy, battery yep. power. So right. they want to have really long-living assets in the field, consuming very few data, hence very few energy. And that's Makes the trick. Sense. Yeah. And uh, so use cases, I, I mentioned smart metering, so sub-metering, so heat allocators okay. uh, is, is one thing. Um, 
think of um, smoke detectors also mm. very, very much the same. They're in the field for years rather than months. Right, uh, right, yeah. right. Um, then you have, of course, street lightings. Uh, so everywhere in, in cities, you hear about smart, uh, smart city projects. We see it everywhere that uh, more and more cities become connected. Streetlights is a very compelling and very interesting use case as well. Even in the US, where we are uh, currently in a project involved where we will equip a lot of street lightings uh, in the city. And, and also then infrastructure, everything that yeah. you can think of in infrastructure, may it be pipelines, may it be, um, what is it, um, elevators, yeah. may it be bridges, everything where you have sensors in there in the field that need to just detect, okay, what's the status of my device, of my asset, of my fleet, you name it. Uh, this is there almost every time, very few data for a long time. And we cover mm -hmm. these use cases with a simple and compelling offering. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you kind of breaking that down. That kind of puts it into perspective for sure. Yeah. Um, so if we, if we focus here for a second on low bandwidth IoT in general, what are the biggest challenges with the implementation there? What are the biggest challenges that you come across when you work with customers on deployments or that you're seeing in the market in general around this? This is a very good question, but also very, <laughs> very challenging to ask, uh, to, to answer, uh, sorry, because um, the challenges that we see are very diverse. So mm. uh, let me just give you some examples, maybe sure. so uh, more anecdotes rather than giving you a very complete picture. Yep. But what we see very often is um, that customers are very often focusing, when they approach us in the first place, they are focusing on the technical uh, feasibility. So they start rather in thinking of terms like, I, I need to create a POC. But then going to the next stage, creating an IoT uh, solution uh, for a large deployment, oh, this is a completely different game because everything that you have created on the technical feasibility part in the POC becomes now very tricky. It becomes a cost problem, scalability problem, skill problem, because all that stuff. So features need to be added as well. Deploy thousands of sensors in the field is very different just rather than just creating 10 or, or five. So you need to think of workarounds, how to really manage thousands of devices, how to activate thousands of devices and so on. And then of course, in addition, the costs for that. Uh, so in a nutshell, all these kind of, uh, yeah, kind of developments and, and stages where customers go through, uh, it is very important for us, for all of us to understand, for us IoT experts, I mean, to understand where customers are at this very moment so that we can help them uh, on their specific needs. And like, like I said, uh, a customer who wants to create a POC, he can have uh, all the features, he wants to have as many features as possible. Whereas of course the deployment, the large scale deployment uh, customer, he of course uh, is asking for bulk operations. He mm. needs to go for energy consumption uh, protocols, uh, allowing him to reduce the battery power. Uh, uh, features like zero touch dev device provisioning. So uh, I have one customer, a fleet telematics uh, provider. Um, uh, the CTO was telling me, I really have a problem once I want to activate a device in the cloud. It means you have to put in a token, you have to create um, 
a security a protocol that says, okay, there is a device knocking on my cloud door asking for permission, but I don't know who it is because it has no identification number. Right. And these kind of things, zero touch provisioning is one of the challenges that tries to cope with that. Whereas the device already has this identification because for instance, it uses our ID that we provide through the connectivity. And it is linked to, for instance, AWS. So it knows already, uh, the AWS cloud already knows in the beginning that the device knocks, oh, it's, an, uh, it's a once connection. So it gives it through. If you wouldn't have this kind of feature in the first place, you would have mm. to create a workaround. And the CTO right. was telling me exactly that. So he said, I need to come up with these kind of pr procedures, token uh, tokenization, all that stuff every time. And this is weeks of, of work, right? And this is just one example. Sorry to be a little bit no, more explaining great. this kind of stories. No, I, I think it's fascinating. I think, you know, as we talk about different areas of IoT, anytime we can kind of elaborate on the challenges and yeah. then kind of how things are being done, it's super important, um, which all ties back into kind of the approach you all are taking of bringing yeah. the cost of the connectivity down. Exactly. That's uh, one of the most challenging questions for customers. And really, I, I have this other customer who is saying to me, uh, he's doing an asset tracking solution for caravans, for asset, uh, for bicycles and so on. And he was telling me, Arna, really, I, I cannot hear it anymore. All the people out there are thinking IoT is about data. It is not. Right. It is about energy. Mm. For instance, in his universe, for sure. I know there are different use cases. Of saying course. It, of course. it is data related. And I don't right. want to blame them right now, but it's just the kind of paradigm that you need to have in mind once you start to create your solution in the sphere where you are at. So, well, and also a lot of the the use cases you talked about, they weren't having trouble getting the data before. It, data was available to them, where a lot of exactly. other IoT use cases, data was not available. They weren't able to pull data off some physical object until they had a sensor built to pull data off of it. So there's yeah. very different approaches. So in the world you're kind of talking more about and focusing on, it's about instead of optimizing to find data, it's optimizing to have the thing run. What kind yeah. of energy consumption does it have? How can the battery last longer uh, without having to, to in order to op or optimize operations and overall cost, as opposed to building something to pull data off something that you couldn't have data from before? Yeah, Ryan, you're bringing up a very, very good point. Uh, I wasn't aware of that, but you're I think you have a point here, like you said, data was never a problem. So to, to get the data from A to B, the, the, this whole kind of process is not the problem. What is the problem is to get this up and running mm -hmm. and also how to transport data, but not really to transmit the data and, and how much this is not the problem because right. there you have your rates. And, and currently, really, if you look into the market, uh, all the providers out there, uh, please take us out because we want to do it differently. They focus on, okay, how much data do you want to transmit? This comes across X, Y, Z. Right. We want to play it the opposite way. We want to say, okay, we know, okay, data is something, okay, we, we make it very compelling for you. Don't, don't bother the, the data amount. But let's focus now on the other parts, like what protocol do you want to use? Yep. How do you want to set up your module? What kind right. of module are you using? Is it right. MBIOT, LTM, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and so on. So many questions. And we want to educate them and go the journey together with our customers. So right. we are creating a developer uh, 
libraries for them. We are creating services, mm -hmm. software services on top of them. But we're now we're just in the beginning, right? So starting at this journey, creating cool services, but really want to learn from our customers how they evolve, how they really get into the stage of, oh, now I'm at the stage where I have a very large deployment. Hey, now I need the service. And hence, we are very much in con uh, come on contact with our customers. Mm -hmm. and this is what uh, I really like. Absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so before we... Before we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you if we kind of pull this away from just focusing on low bandwidth IoT for a second. What else are you seeing in the market? Like, what other challenges are companies facing? What other, um, I guess, areas of innovation are we kind of lacking? Just just other things that you're seeing happening in the space that are kind of worth thinking about, and uh, we could be doing better around. So, I was asked yesterday um, uh, by an analyst what I do think about um, these big players like AWS and Microsoft. Uh, yeah. And also customers are asking me very often. And uh, for instance, there is a, a term which is called vendor login. Mm -hmm. and, and I was saying, oh, yeah, okay, vendor login, maybe you should take care about that. And, and then I was thinking it through over this night really. And thinking now actually the other way around, don't fear a vendor login. And let me explain why. Sure. Uh, the moment where you start creating a solution, um, you need to basically bring together two kinds of ecosystems. The one is the ecosystems around hardware. Okay. So there are a few Quectel, then you have your module, the sensors, all that stuff. This is a complete right. world of its own, right. having own protocols, having own standards, and so on. Sure. And then the other side, which is the cloud, which is the software world where you have the AWSs and the ThingsWorks, PTCs, and so on. Again, yep. another different bubble. Yep. And you know how these kind of, uh, if you are on a, on a trade show and so on, there is this discussion about how to bring those worlds together. And the, mo the more I think of it is what we're trying to do as one player in the middle, as the connectivity players, to bring those, to bridge the gap in the one place, but also uh, saying to customers, please, focus on one part. So once you say you go to maybe one of the bigger players who have already a very good ecosystem, it makes your life easier on the hardware side. And right. it would be good to say, okay, it would be vice versa. So once you go to a hardware manufacturer, you would have automatically a very good uh, way into the cloud. I think it's still some time to go, but there are already some smaller players like Blue's Wireless, for instance, or Pycom. Mm -hmm. Sure. Very, very cool and smart uh, companies who try to cope with that. They start right. with the hardware, but have a very compelling ecosystem in their back. I love those kind of uh, things. Uh, even it might be if we might be sometimes competitors and sometimes not because we are co uh, compatible. However, I like this because this goes into the right direction. And I'm speaking uh, as a kind of IoT yep. uh, uh, believer. I want to have this market driven. So. Yeah, I've, we've kind of taken a similar approach just viewing, I know obviously from an individual company standpoint, there's this level of competition that everybody is kind of has, but just the fact that there are options now and there's more things going on in the space across company with companies yeah. innovating, companies you know building new connectivity types that are more optimized for use cases, you name it. It's just making IoT 
more of more more likely to be adopted and more easily understood and you know it, more deployments just just increase the likelihood that iot grows the way we've been all anticipating it to grow so so i, I totally get where you're coming from um and kind of how you're viewing this as opposed to viewing it potentially from an individual company space and kind of trying to take it mm -hmm. as more of a negative um but but this conversation has been fantastic, Arnie. Thanks so much for, for taking the time. Um, so now that we're in 2022, tell me a little bit about what we should be on the lookout for coming out of once and how our audience can kind of stay in touch and learn more, follow up with any questions, that kind of thing. Yeah, so what to look at is really looking at features where uh, all these hardware-related stuff becomes more automatized or softwareized. I think this will be the future. And I think there's already some buzz around these uh, first services like EOICC, so where the SIM card might be just, I mean, you have it already in your chip when you use your, your watch or so. Uh, this, of course, could be adaptable uh, for IoT as well, but sure. it is some time to go. But I think anyhow, this will be the trend towards too. So that the hardware elements will be somewhat already mounted or integrated within the kind of bigger uh, processes and so on. This is one part I'm really embracing and sure. where we are really happy to to see how ones can play a part in that. Yeah. And of course, then the second part is this ecosystem game of okay. AWS, Microsoft, and so on, because we're looking at it very carefully, uh, but also uh, embracing the opportunities it brings for customers because it makes a lot of things easier because they have now a tool set uh, at one player at hand and can start right away and make it more seamless and you can avoid a lot of these obstacles and, and uh, problems that a lot of other uh, customers had already three or five years ago so because it's all now automatized and more standardized and i think this is the second step uh, that we uh, will see in iot and i'm looking forward to to pay, play a part in that as well Fantastic. And people can kind of follow up or stay in touch through the website, through kind of social media, all those kind of channels? Yeah. So since we are uh, really a, a digital product, uh, you, you can follow us on the internet, on the website, on, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, everywhere, for sure. Uh, Once.com, uh, the most easiest way. Fantastic. Well, Arnie, thanks again so much for taking the time. This has been a fantastic conversation and uh, look forward to hopefully putting more content together in the future and, and sharing with our audience kind of everything that's going on over at once. And I think you have a lot of great stuff happening. Thanks, Ryan. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.